Hey, name is Dan, and with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Andrew. Thanks, handsome. Hey, hey there, buddy. Well, <laughs> welcome. This is a brand new podcast that we kind of came up with. It's called Left Foot, Right Foot. Um, basically, me and Andrew, we're, we're basically best friends, right? Yeah, we've been friends forever. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said basic there. I mean, we definitely, definitely are. Um, we, uh, we've had a lot of discussions, especially during the Trump days, uh, politically. And I kind of, I'm more of the political mind. I, um, really, really had to pull teeth to get you to do this with me. So I, I do appreciate your time, Andrew. Oh, you're welcome, man. I had to try to represent my side of the aisle too. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's why I like talking to you because, uh, we both respect each other's opinions. Um, we do end up seeing eye to eye on a lot of things, but Andrew, of course you do come from the kind of left leaning side and I am more right leaning. Um, so we'll go ahead and kick this off left foot, right foot, everybody. Um, so the biggest piece of news that everybody, everybody's talking about, well, there's a ton of them. We can't possibly do that. Yeah. In, all of it in our first podcast. But uh, we're just going to go ahead and review Trump's first 100 days. I know everybody's doing it across the news sphere. Um, yeah. But I mean, in this podcast, we're trying to capture current events, too. And this is, yeah. seems like a good one to start with. Um, you know, also the fact that you'll recognize my voice because I'll be the one scoffing and <laughs> making these, you know, grunting sounds. Hey. Clearly, I'm from the left. Hey, if, I, if I get through this whole thing without cursing you out, uh, it's going to be a success. Oh, yeah, it's like <laughs> best friends, right? It's yeah, mutual. Best. <laughs> so, and we have, we, we came up with a list. I'm sure that we forgot about something. I do want to put a disclaimer right up front. Neither of us are professionals. We oh, are God. going to inject a lot of our own personal opinions. Uh, we will try to research some facts, but I can't tell you that we will always be correct. Yeah, we, we don't have a team of fact checkers. And <laughs> really, this this podcast is not for you to validate your opinions or to verify <laughs> facts. So this but, is just the purpose of this is try to introduce yeah. a new way of conversing about politics. Absolutely, because we've definitely lost that as a country. Me, me and Andrew both realize that. Um, nobody knows how to talk to one another anymore. Um, most of the time when you're watching the news or listening to other political podcasts, everyone's like-minded. It's all skewed in one direction or the other direction. And there's not really a forum where it's just equal partners kind of hashing it out. But, I mean, it, it, it's hard too. Uh, you know, you, you do tend to have confirmation bias. You know, I might watch something that Danny doesn't and yeah, vice versa. Absolutely. We all do, but if we don't at least hear the other side, sometimes we're never going to see over that wall. Exactly. So, um, so right up front, Andrew, her, uh, firm handshakes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is, <laughs> right. are, we, are we touching gloves? <laughs> we're touching gloves. All right, let's go ahead and begin this. Uh, kick it off with with uh, some of uh, Trump's first 100 days. Yeah, so we're just going to list out kind of the key points that we have written down for what Trump has done these past 100 days in office. Now, as you probably know, Danny, because I did a little bit of research before doing this, this was this trend that was basically enacted by uh, media expectations started with FDR. And yeah. the reason for that was because he passed 15 major legislations in the first 100 days. And it was, you know, his grand accomplishment. Yeah. So what has Trump done compared to FDR? <laughs> let's, 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 not, let's not compare. 
<laughs> but no, go ahead, go, go ahead. All right, so the first one we got is he cut TPP, the yeah. Trans-Pacific Partnership. We've got the Keystone-Dakota Access Pipeline being constructed. Uh, we've got the travel ban that was enacted. Should we mention? I mean, <laughs> we've got two versions of the travel ban, yeah, really. Yeah, it was it, it was enacted. It was very very quickly shot down by the uh, Ninth Circuit Court. Um, no surprise there. But um, and then they came up with the other one, which was pretty much uh, DOA, dead on arrival. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still tied up. And I mean, he he was right. See you in court. Yep, we'll it, see it. it. Even though it was in a court, the got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We, we mentioned here the Congressional Review Act. So if you haven't heard of that, you uh, you have, you just don't know it. It's where it gives the president uh, power to over – what do you, what do I say? Overtake or over – Overturn. Overturn yeah. um, certain acts that have been enacted within a certain time period. So since the Obama administration fell on the tail end, some of the stuff that he passed, Trump was allowed to overturn it. So we could mention a lot of things here. There's slash regulations on third parties. He eliminated uh, the prohibition on coal companies dumping in streams, limit carbon emissions when drilling on American land. Uh, company Oil companies don't have to report when they make payments to foreign governments, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm. So laundry list. list. <laughs> yeah, I've got several <laughs> websites pulled up here, <laughs> but you've got surveillance claims was the next big thing. It's not really like an accomplishment that he's yeah. done. So it, I found it a little odd you put that on the list. Yeah, no, it um it was a huge deal though. Oh, you know, that was is. really the first time that uh President Trump came out with a tweet that was like super controversial. I mean, I'm sh- he he did have some, you know, ones that you had to take a double take before that, but this one was more like it it just it, it became the news for weeks. In fact, it pretty much still is. Uh, I mean, it probably will be until, you know, all investigations are even through at this point. Yeah. Because Which, he did say that. Yeah. I have, I have some thoughts on that, too. Uh, we'll we'll come back around to that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, too. But yeah. the, you're right. That was that was kind of epic, really, for another yeah. president to and, say that. About. Yeah. And I, yeah. I do think it, you know, at least it slowed him down, slowed his quote-unquote progress. You know, he had... Yeah. He wanted to do all this stuff, but now he's having to take time out of his busy schedule, or his busy golf schedule. I mean, you know, work oh. schedule. Oh, what? And, uh, <laughs> and to deal you, with Drew. this. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, no, no, I, I, I know what you mean, because we'll, we'll get back to it. Yeah, I we'll get back to it. Too. Okay. We'll so then we've got the health care repeal failure. Then yeah. I'm gonna add that word in there, because yeah, it did. It was DOA as well. <laughs> yeah, um, the Affordable Care Act, or uh, repealing the Affordable Care Act for what nobody wanted to be called Trump Care. Then you've got Neil Gorsuch. So this is, I- I'm gonna give this an accomplishment to Trump. Hmm. I mean, well, I mean, I, I have to. We couldn't get um, uh, the Obama appointee. Yeah, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. So uh, Trump managed well not managed i mean it's not like he had much to do with it but yeah. you know neil gorsuch was for better or for worse enacted into the supreme court and he will be there for at least a couple decades yeah most likely well i'm gonna go ahead and hit on this one right now i know we said we were going to discuss all of the points at the very end but this is this sure. one's really important to me um yeah so the democrats are claiming the this was a stolen appointment 
because Republicans refused to vote on Merrick Garland's nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, a lot that was going on with that. Um, the, just the fact that, you know, it was within President Obama's, you know, last final days and all. I mean, not really final days, you know what I mean? I was going to say, okay, almost a year left. Yeah, he had almost a year left. But um, Republicans had the power, you know. They uh, they said, this is not what we're going to do. We're going to take our chances, uh, for better or for worse, politically, and find out who the next president is going to be. It turned out to be a Republican, and they got a ton more Republican support. Uh, within the House and the Senate, so they went ahead and, well, that was, let me back up, so Trump, even during his uh, nomination process, he came out with an entire list of Supreme Court nominees that he would come out with, I think it was something like 10 or 12, but um, he he picked, he picked Gorsuch, and, I mean, at least that was a campaign promise that, you know, kind of, that came through, as opposed to many of the others that we will be talking about. Yeah. I mean, I guess I want to take back what I said earlier about it being a Trump accomplishment because it's really a Republican accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they they accomplished what they set out for, and they got Neil Gorsuch with, which they say, uh, you know, at least from my standpoint, was referred to as the lesser of, not right. the evils, but you know, the more conservative uh, judges that were on his list. Yeah. yeah. But you know, regardless, I don't want to see a conservative judge on the bench. But yeah. well, he, he's that there. was. Something too that I saw a lot of political commentators talking about was the they they really the Democrats did not re- really did not want to see Gorsuch on there, so they withheld they withheld mm-hmm. um, forcing uh, the you know, Congress they could they couldn't their House couldn't get the the sixty votes in order to get him in they just couldn't mm-hmm. do it without what was it eight, seven or eight um, Democrats supporting it, they couldn't do it. So uh, thanks to the nuclear option, uh, mm-hmm. which s- scares the crap out of me, uh, go ahead and say that right up front. But now uh, Supreme Court justices only need 51 votes of simple majority to get through. And here we go. We got mm-hmm. Justice Gorsuch. Like, I wonder... I wonder too. You know, you might be able to fill this in with me a little bit better. But Merrick Garland, had he given been given the uh, hearing, you know, that was planned back last year, uh, wouldn't mm-hmm. the same thing have happened? Wouldn't they have been able to vote him no? Uh, or, you know what I mean? Like, did we have to come to this? You know did what? That's have- a really good point. They said that they were refusing to vote for him, but they had control. Yeah. They, I don't, so I never understood that. They simply could have just said no. But I think the problem would have been was that Merrick Garland would have been in the spotlight at that point, and everybody probably would have seen that he was, you know, not a bad candidate. I mean, I don't know much about the man. Um, from what I understand, he's he was pretty pretty moderate. Uh, he's he's left leaning definitely, but. Uh, I think Republicans really put all of their political eggs in in that one basket, and uh, you know, trying to get their own guy in, guy or I mean, girl, excuse me. Was it also a little malicious? I mean, it's like oh. even though they had the power, even though they could have voted him no, they just weren't even going to give him the chance. Oh like, yeah. yeah, anything well, Obama did was going to be um, opposed by uh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He said that that was his main goal for the next four years of the Obama presidency. Yeah, and and Democrats are doing the same thing right now. I mean, it's just 
ping pong, you know? We're just going back and forth. That's why, again, this is what this podcast is for. Everybody listening. I was going to say that, Dan. I was going to say, you know what? They need a podcast. <laughs> somebody somebody should make a podcast out of this. Um, uh, just refusing to talk to one another or getting angry and putting emotions into it. I mean, come on. Let's just let's work together. Let's let's I, find a solution. Yeah, or just you know keep going into tribes. <laughs> All right. Tribal. All right. So we did uh, Neil Gorsuch. Okay. So continuing on with a list of things Trump has done in the first hundred days, probably yeah. one of the biggest ones, um, at least on the international standpoint, was the Syrian missile strike. Mm-hmm. That we'll hit on in a little bit, just yes. because. Yeah. I, you know, it was hard for me to form an opinion. I think that was true of a lot of people too, not uh-huh. knowing who to support one of trump's decisions or um with the actual so that might that might have been even the first instance where we've seen where trump made a decision he did something and people weren't sure whether to just disagree with him because he's trump or (laughs) to agree with him because yeah it's you know a morbid thing that happened that's so funny I mean, seriously, you had democratic support in the the Congress saying that it was a good decision. Yeah. And they're okay. Anyway, we can't we cannot do this. We're going to have to just talk about everything up front. That's fine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's roll with the Syrian missile strike. So, no, you're absolutely right. Um, So one thing, yeah, Trump was he says so so when he was a nominee, you know, he's talking about how we need to, you know, stop playing this world police kind of thing, that we've gotten ourselves into too much international trouble. You know, mm-hmm. he sounded like he had more of an isolationist policy. But mm-hmm. uh, his first real test, international test, was this, the Syrian missile, uh, or the Syrian gas attack on um, on his own people, Assad, you know, gassing. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm not opposed to being the world police. I mean, I think we have that role whether we want it or not at this point. I mean, we wouldn't have U.S. bases everywhere and such an intricate hand in the world economy and not be able to uh, have a lot of say, like even, you know, being a um, big voter in the U.N. But it was it was really hard for me to form an opinion on this, too, because I didn't really care about the nationalistic standpoint that we should be out of other countries. But was it right for us to, you know, bomb a sovereign government? You know, philosophically, well, do we that's an act of war yeah well so there's a number of things that you know i I didn't know how i felt about it at first too but first there was a number of reasons why i kind of came around to the decision Mm -hmm. one they they bombed an airfield you know oh yeah yeah i mean and they let them know beforehand well they they let the russians know because they had there were russian uh military at the base and they said Mm -hmm. because there's a secret channel that they use uh, to talk to one of the uh, de-confliction channel, I believe is what mm-hmm. it's called, um, where they where we contacted them and said, hey, you know, we're about to do this, pull your troops out, and they did, and we attacked it, or we, we bombed, well, it was to quote uh, now President Trump, their nominee Trump, he's going to bomb the hell out of them, and uh, that is what he did. And uh, so yeah. we also... You know, President Obama drew that red line in the sand with Russia's cooperation that said, Syria, you know, no more chemical weapons or there's going to be a consequence. Um, They did it under Obama's watch and he uh, did nothing, which kind of pretty much bolstered Assad's power. I mean, it just said that he can he has free reign to do this kind of stuff. So 
Trump comes in. In fact, it was like the week before. Uh, Trump's administration had came out and said something along the lines of that uh, taking Assad out of power was no longer a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, it was literally two days before. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a Monday, and then the strike happened on a yeah. Wednesday. So it's really no wonder. I mean, he, this guy is just kind of acting, you know, with as much power as he can, um, and so we struck back and. You know, besides the red line, uh, let's go back to the Geneva Convention that Syria is is a part of. Um, you know, you're not supposed to use chemical weapons like that, especially on your own people. You know, and that's the international community as a whole really should have been a part of this. But Trump took very quick and decisive action. So, I mean, I, I can't fault him for it. I, like you said, Andrew, Democrats, even Democrats were basically applauding in fact in fact a couple hours before the attack even happened guess who said that we should do the same exact thing oh hillary did hillary clinton <laughs> yeah no i know <laughs> i know but so uh, my opinion on it now is almost like a retrospective opinion yeah in the midst of it i wasn't sure what was the right thing but now i'm i'm still a little bit torn but i don't really agree with it i'm hmm. kind of on the against side and in part, it was because, you know, it's attacking a foreign government, sovereignty, all that philosophical nonsense. But yeah. like you said, also attacked an airfield, which remained operational, not yeah. even a week later. Yeah. And there were minimal casualties, so that's good. It was more sending a message than actually trying to deterring, you know, the uh, con- uh, utility of attack. Right. But, and that's something that the Democrats um, and Republicans alike after the attack was saying, hey, you know, Trump, you need to come out with a plan, or President Trump, you need to come out with a plan. Yeah. We need to go to go to Congress about this and debate and blah blah blah. And I understand if you're gonna, you know, you can't pull an act of war. You can't go to war with a country without congressional approval. Exactly, and that's what Obama tried to do when they crossed the red line the first time. Right. So you know, to me, also the chemical weapons. Yes, it is against the Geneva Convention. It is a horrible, malicious act of. Um, just evil mm-hmm. that you can do on your own people and but death is still death killing is still killing if you really wanted to help these people I, i'm open for refugees like that's one of my standpoints that i'm okay with refugees coming in and i think that would even be more beneficial to those people than you know throwing missiles at pavement Ooh, my my friend we're gonna have to have a future podcast on that one I you can man, but I won't change my opinion on it. Because I do not agree. Well, <laughs> I'm not here to change your opinion. That's I'm here true. to have a healthy debate. But you you got to admit though that you'd probably save more lives uh, bringing in refugees than we did at the airfield. Um, maybe 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 more in Syrian, the immediate Syrian in the lives. immediate uh, you know acuteness of the Syrian um, conflict. Um. <clears throat> I don't long think term, that's long term. It sends a message. It's not going to solve anything, though. Well, no, but it's going to save lives. I don't but know neither is that. bombing the airfield. All right. Oh man, should we hit that button? We, t- you know, before we started this podcast, we talked about having like a bell or something. <laughs> like if we got too impassioned about something, <laughs> I think we need a cowbell or something. Which would just infuriate the person talking. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm uh. <clears throat> You've insulted me, Andrew. No, that's... Oh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. But, 
but anyway, you know, that was that was a standpoint on the international. And like you said, too, it kind of went against what he was saying yeah. during his campaign, but also two days prior. Yeah. So, you know, if you, you know, if you Trump, if you trust Trump uh, before and after that, then you probably change your mind along with him. You know, though, like my thoughts were, you know, how he's always uh, made fun of for how much he watches TV and stuff. Yeah. I bet he saw some of those videos on Twitter, and that's what oh. changed his mind. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm you know? so sure that he saw that, and I, I think like some of his, I think his family definitely had a lot to do with it too. You know. Oh, that's yeah. I I would agree because yeah. really by that point, Bannon was less uh, of an influence, and wasn't it more Ivanka and Jared? Yeah. In fact, uh, I think at that point, I think Ivanka did kind of influence this decision a little bit. Um, mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, I can understand, you know, why why he did it, especially from a father standpoint. But if if the man's going to change his mind that quickly on something, can you really trust anything that he said? I mean, also the fact that you nor I voted for Ivanka. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I might. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not saying I, I might wouldn't. have. I wouldn't. But <laughs> it's like she's not an elected official, but she does seem to have a lot of sway. Yeah. You know, yeah. call it nepotism. Well, it. that's. Yeah, every every dude, you know, his his family, his friends, they have a lot of sway. Oh, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not the the trendsetter. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Right. But uh, you know, that was uh, that was my standpoint. I was, but no, that's pretty much it for the Syrian okay. airstrike. You know, yeah. I guess we saw we solved that issue, right? Oh, solved. Like you and I talking about it, done. Yeah, yeah, that's See? that's solved. Podcast check. <laughs> cool so that happened so i'm gonna move on though okay yeah please because there's a lot it's 100 days yeah so he loosened okay so this one was interesting too loosened of engagement slash gave power to military leaders to act yeah so i'm assuming you mean that he um uh, kind of signed his name at the bottom letting generals and higher military officials yeah well basically um so, you know what, under President Obama, the rules of engagement were really, really, really tight. Um, mm -hmm. You basically had to be fired upon in order to f fire back. Like, you couldn't fire first. Uh, most military options were very limited. Um, it was a very uh, soft diplomacy. Um, in those, you know, the hotspots. Uh, basically, Trump just said, you know, he, he's letting his generals or his, his military minds work. He's letting them do the job that they need to do. Yeah, basically, it is like a, a blank check, you know? Yeah, blank check. It does kind of take away veto power. I mean, I guess he could still veto military actions, but yeah. would have already happened. So. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he said, you know, you guys can do this up to this line. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. He probably said, "Y'all can do this because I can't handle all this pressure." <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even spell words correctly on my Twitter. Oh man. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, it's not inconceivable that he wanted to pass along some responsibility. Yeah, and I, I think he's done that in a lot of cases. Uh, he's appointed people that were. Well, in most cases in his cabinet, uh, he's appointed people that were just great minds in the particular field that they were appointed to. Uh, Are you talking about the Goldman Sachs uh, executives? or? 
<laughs> the Exxon Mobil CEO. I mean, they're smart. I don't I know just, much about their politics. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll get to the, the lobbying part. That's where I've got some beef to add to. Oh, great. I mean, you, you probably do, too. You, you're not for lobbying. Or at least not for um, uh, oh, no. lobbying here no. in adjacent administrative position. No. But I was I was talking more about General Mattis. Um, oh, yeah. Just because eh. I, was, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was very, very popular uh, in the Marines. Oh, really? He's just known as the warrior monk, quote-unquote, uh, because he read so many books about his enemies. He said he's apparently got libraries of just of books that he's read. Um, just goes into very deep study. Um, are, you talk, are you talking about Trump? No, General Mattis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, that's interesting. I didn't know he was so popular even from... Yeah. Uh, was he... So this is a stupid question because I'm not... I, I've never been in the military... Is he a Marine general? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, anyway, he loosened the rules of engagement, which basically that's what led to the Moab, the mother of all bombs uh, that got dropped in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, something, yeah. Something just shy of 100 militants were killed, destroyed a bunch of quote-unquote ISIS tunnels. Tunnels. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, wh- whether you look at the bombing in Syria or... Uh, Afghanistan as a good or a bad thing as far as international relations it did it did send a message absolutely and it does show that there's a little bit of teeth you know this might I don't know if it actually reaches the ears of North Korea or any other um, uh, foe right Um, but it it is something I'm sure it did uh, especially since uh, President or the Chinese President Xi Jinping was um, sitting down having dessert with President Trump when President Trump told him about the Syrian missile attack. Uh, yes, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's pretty comical. Uh, the chocolate cake. <laughs> A big, beautiful... Oh, God. Like, <laughs> he needs to talk less. <laughs> just... <laughs> you know, just just let everybody side. else do it for him. I mean, he just I really... Mean... Just... I was trying to find the quote by some prominent Republican that said prior to the campaign that we just need a Republican hand to sign things as the next president. Yeah. I couldn't find that quote, but it's so true. That I is mean, true. And they did. I just need him to stop talking. <laughs> but, uh, right. Should we move on? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and move on. Okay, we already mentioned the Moab in Afghanistan. Yeah. And then uh, the tax plans proposed. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't want to go into that yet. No, because that's that can be a really, really long conversation. But yeah, I'd have to pull out. I'd have to really research stuff, and I don't even know that much about taxes as it is for my own self. <laughs> yeah, I, I go see you know H and R Block every year. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, one thing uh, I did want to note with the tax plan um, that was very important is that it gets. You know, so Trump hasn't, President Trump hasn't been in office for very long. He's had a lot to do, uh, and he's had a lot for his Congress uh, to focus on. So he basically just threw together a tax plan, and it's continuing a lot of Obama policies. Uh, they say Republicans are going around touting um, that they got a lot of the funding that they were looking for towards or in this plan. But um, the one of the big headlines is that is continuing to fund Planned Parenthood, which uh, President are you, Trump. Are you talking about 
Are, are you talking about the budget or the ta- uh, proposed tax plan? Uh, well, all every like the whole budget. Sorry, I'm putting all money together. I, I'm just trying okay. to move on to the next thing. Um, the tax plan was basically just to simplify the taxes. I mean, it just took it took. I think there was like seven or eight tax brackets, and it boiled them down to three. Yeah, um, basically, you know, rich, poor, middle. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, humans are simple. Find out. But anyway, but you know, you also got to remember the corporate t- uh, tax rate. It was yeah. going to go from thirty-five percent to I think fifteen percent. Yeah. Uh, under the proposed reform, but you know, we can talk about that because that's a whole. A uh, line of economic theory, you know, if Absolutely. that would actually bring more companies in, or if you know, your arg- the other argument is that it, that they already get through so many loopholes that if you lower the tax rate and you don't account for those loopholes, then you're really costing a lot of deficit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but we can. I don't. I don't know if they've taken away some loopholes with the corporate tax rate and if those have been figured in, but you know, conversation for another day where I have time to research <laughs> and make an opinion because I like I like my opinion to have some. You know, some gusto. Yeah, some gusto. Not just all <laughs> because I hate Trump. You know, it's like, oh, oh, Trump likes chocolate cake. I hate chocolate cake. Well, I mean, that's what half of well, more than half of America is doing right now. I mean, they might have a safe bet doing that, in my opinion. <laughs> but I still like chocolate cake. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's. What's next? Uh, tax plan. No, uh, so buy, buy American, hire American. Yeah. Created the trade war with Mexico and Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know if you heard. How do you feel about that? So the NAFTA, no, yeah, NAFTA. Well, that is NAFTA, but um, basically, what there we actually are in a trade war with Canada over milk right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, wasn't it lumber too or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I understand what Trump is doing. President Trump is doing. Um, uh, but it's going to drive up prices, and that, again, that's going to be a whole nother. That's a whole nother topic. That yeah, we can't get into right now. Economics. I mean, it's hard to like. I even understand how ignorant I am about that. Right. Uh, you know, I my main basis for opinion comes from the fact that who's it going to help more? Higher class income, lower class. But uh, for the most part, man, I don't know crap. Yeah, it's it's very um very deep. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. Uh, so there is a lot of international tension that uh, President Trump is having to deal with right now. We got the North Korean situation, um, which he's obviously trying to work uh, as closely as he can with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. Um, hopefully uh, he, can, he can get step in there a little bit and pressure them uh, into, you know, they just or North Korea did have that recent demonstration of their quote-unquote military might, um, but which they regularly do, so it's not a thing. Isn't it like paper mache Yeah, that's uh, yeah. a lot of s- people are speculating that all of those missiles that they touted around their streets were just like mm-hmm. cardboard. It doesn't mean they don't have, you know, right. if not the capability, the beginning of the capability. Well, the, the threat alone is, is enough to take him seriously. Um, so... Uh, President Trump did recently, actually, I think it was just today, uh, he was on the phone with uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, still trying to work that out, but there's a lot of tension there. Um, as well, the Syria conflict, which we've already talked on quite a bit. So, there's a number of executive orders. Gosh, President Trump has signed so many 
Oh. Uh, within his first 100 days, it's impossible to go through them all right now, but I'll go and review some of the more notable ones that I, um... <sighs> I mean, we already kind of mentioned the CRA stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Congressional Review Act, the ones that he, uh, overturned from the Obama era, the ones I was talking about where he, you know, basically stripped away kind of environmental consciousness right. for companies and even the oil company reporting that they made payments to foreign governments type of thing. So right. to me, that just benefits big business and depends on if you're in environmentally conscious or not whether you agree with that but regardless they're gone for the time being and you know once they're overturned it's much harder to put them back into place yeah and i i uh well as far i think you like i see what he's doing he's trying to make an avenue for businesses to operate in the best way best manner that they see fit and just he's just really trying to cut regulations uh, that stop them from being as productive as they can. Um, some of these, I guess you're, I mean, like you suggest, the environmental things, yeah, very, very questionable um, to cut those. Uh. It's, you know, so my opinion, too, is, uh, of course, I wouldn't want to see, uh, you know, the idea is that if big business is thriving, that there would be more jobs, more um, uh, influx of GDP, but you know it's also kind of taking away from the private sector a little bit. If you've got bigger corporations, you know there's very few private farmlands, for instance, and uh, it hurts smaller business to an extent. If you bolster a big business, uh, at least that's my you know minuscule knowledge of it and my opinion. <laughs> but if you, it, it if you tax them like at the same rate. That's the thing, though. If you could tax them at the same rate, but you're going to want to tax corporate business more. But again, those loopholes that do exist. I mean, there are big conglomerates that yeah. pay very little in taxes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, he's done some economic things that we could spend hours talking about. It's, I mean, he wants there to be more jobs. He wants to see the economy grow. Right. He wants to see more jobs put into place, you know, less unemployment, because that will make him look better. Whether that's good for the progress of the United States or the long term, you know, because you want to move away from fossil fuels. I mean, if we want to be, if you want to be conservative, just like I want to be environmentally, then, you know, the future is in renewables. The future is in furthering technology and, you know, creating more independence country in the first well, place so to me it's kind of it's kind of uh going back backwards well yeah. i think i think you you reward efforts to move towards renewable energy but i don't think that you punish fossil fuels in but order to do so but fossil fuels themselves can hinder progression of renewables uh, not if you not if you provide re rewards and incentives for for a company to do so I mean, it would just make the market harder. If only there was something we could do to, you know, prevent big big business from hurting renewables, from hurting progression of technology. Talk, you just talk <laughs> about getting, regulating getting, the crap out I'm of them. Regulation, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, what's I mean, going to happen? What's going to happen? So, so if I have a business, um, if I've if I've got a multi million dollar business, and then all of a sudden one day the government wakes up and says, "Hey, uh, the way you've been." You know, producing your goods all these years, yeah, you're gonna have to do it this other way from now on. I'm gonna be like, you know what? That's gonna cost me millions and millions of dollars. 
Uh, I'm going to take take up my business. I'm going to move to China or India or Mexico or somewhere that's going to let me operate the most efficient way that I would like to do so. I mean, I think if it's cheaper to do that anyway, they're going to, and they already have. And part of the thing, uh, part of the argument against cutting TPP was that it would have enacted stricter environmental and labor restrictions in other countries, right. which might have made it look better uh, to hire more Americans because then it becomes a little bit cheaper because these other countries that produce, you know, very cheap uh, goods because of cheap labor, cheap uh, restrictions like China. Uh, if you tighten regulations on the standards of the material they send over, well, now it's more expensive, so you might as well stay. So there's that argument as well. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's even tying in two topics. And <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> we don't have time. We ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's our next section. All right. Well, uh, go through the uh, last few points real quick here. Um, sorry, there's a motorcycle. I don't know if you can hear that um, outside my window. Okay, so anyway, moving on. Um, so in the end, so... Democrats have stalled President Trump's cabinet nominations just, I want to say absurdly. I, I don't mean to, you know, just get super apolitical here, but uh, they, President Trump just finally filled his cabinet positions just not even a week ago. And that's just. T t took him long enough. <laughs> took him. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have a whole half of the aisle refusing to work with you. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Mer Merrick Garland. Yeah, exactly like Merrick okay. Garland. All right. Maybe maybe they should all listen to a podcast or so um, <laughs> about talking to one another. Okay. So and also one thing that I I actually have I really did like about what President Trump has done was he's he's invited for the first time um, many of these groups various groups he invited them to the to the White House to sit down with the president and hear what their biggest concerns in their various industries are he invited a group of major CEOs a bunch of small business leaders uh, even truckers and you just listened to them you know sat down and listened to them as opposed to you know being the suit in Washington DC that thinks that they're uh, better and than everybody else and can govern their lives from hundreds of miles away um, but but, you know, that's very much – I don't want to say public propaganda, but maybe not all of it. But when he takes pictures with, you know, coal miners right. and uh, things like that, it's, yeah, wear your coal mining helmet because it's going to look great for the picture. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, basically, he's still going to do whatever he was going to do before. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a good thing to communicate with, you know, major industries. It, of course, is. Right. But – you know, what comes of that is what we should talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. Um, so, uh, overall, uh, I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think it's much of a surprise. Uh, Democrats basically, across the board, gave President Trump D's and F's over his first 100 days. Republicans, more or less, um, with a few outliers, uh, threw in A's and B's. Um, but President Trump is wildly and very quickly losing moderate support. Uh, resulting in his most recent um, oh, polling, polls. yeah, his, yeah, he's polling at around forty, forty-one percent. Um, and I was doing a bit of um, research on that uh, Gallup poll and all the various polls. So yeah. there's, I found a nice site. Um, you know, it's NBC, and it lists out fifteen different polls, and in twelve of the fifteen, they have 
a stark decline towards that 40 percent um of his approval rating Mm -hmm. so you know you try to capture a lot of sources because then you limit bias right like like if i took a poll from msnbc yeah trump's at zero (laughs) percent if you take one if you call in for fox and friends you might have like 75 80 percent yeah exactly so you know you try to capture the entire picture of everybody and it does look like all around he's losing popularity yep he's done some stuff that is middle of the road that some people might say oh you know it wasn't necessarily a bad thing like the syrian strikes and then you've got things like pushing back on environmental regulations that are you know heinous to half of the population (laughs) but yeah but i think like a lot of trump supporters i mean they're going to stick with him through the four years that's just no question democrats are going to be against him through these four years so that's where it really becomes important as the polls go is whether or not because democrats you're right they're gonna be against him probably through the end but if he starts losing republican support which he's shown signs of then he's in trouble he's losing his base yeah and he's at a big base it's all about it's all about (laughs) that all about that base (laughs) but I mean, yeah, and that goes back to, I mean, we'll close on this. Basically, you know, a lot of his a lot of his promises were, you know, the repeal and replace Obamacare day one, you know, the, the wall, Mexico's going to pay for it. Um, and he said China was a currency manipulator, which he has since said that he, they are not. Uh, NATO was obsolete, which he yep. says that they are not anymore and he's he talked a lot about the federal reserve and how much it was screwing up our economy but oh now he likes the person now he likes it yeah yeah so it's like you know we i mean who who expected this we hired somebody for the president of the united states that has no government experience and you think you think he's going to be different but he's learning how things actually work yeah yeah exactly you know if he had yeah i mean we should have expected this and but i think i mean Aside from well, the things, the, the huge flip-flops, um, that's what the beauty of America is, is you go in, you say all these promises, you're going to do all this stuff, um, but then you realize, oh, there's two other branches of government that I have to work with. Um, they're not going right. to particularly go with everything that I'd like to do. I think that's where why it kind of shows that he really didn't understand the basics of government or <laughs> what to expect. Like... And I'm talking like, you know, how is the bill made <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> like he, needed, he needed to watch that cartoon. I'm just a uh, bill. Yeah, because. The bill on Capitol Hill. Yeah. I mean, do you remember his posture when Obama and him were talking for the first time? Mm, yeah. And that was that was pretty stark to me. Yeah. But in a way, I'm glad some of this has turned out the way it has, because if he fulfilled all of his campaign promises, you can see why I wouldn't be happy. At this point. But he's learned that NATO is not unimportant. He's learned to work with, say, countries like China. So a lots happened in the last hundred days. It's been fun. It's been it's been fun. It's been real. Uh, it you has know, not been real fun. I hope that's copyrighted, and I hope you get sued <laughs> for saying that. Well, they'd have to listen to us first. Um, yeah. So, uh, but if you get sued for that, I'm going to get sued for libel. <laughs> We're gonna open the doors on that. <laughs> it's a great start. It's a great start. So great. Um, that was Trump's first 100 days. 
It's it, it's come and gone. That was the Snapchat, snap, snap, Snapchat, snapshot of his uh, presidency. Um, you know, and whether whether you know you listen to this, if you look at this hundred days and find it as a victory, uh, you can look at it as a victory as far as being a Trump supporter or a victory as being against Trump. You know, yeah. there's been a lot of marches. There's been a lot of political uh, public advocacy. It it has not been a defeat in those regards. This is. I mean, I recently got interested in politics about a year and a half ago, but you know, this is probably the most attention that I've seen. And this is the most that I've learned about political positions, even just getting involved, getting yeah. interested. And I think that's true of a lot of people, too. So either way, this 100 days is a victory. We probably, yeah. you know, the left, we lost on <laughs> the, the election day. But for the last 100 days, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, the the resist movement has been strong. I would and, not call it a defeat. You know, you you put a you put a really good point. Um, most uh, there's so many people getting politically active now, and that's that's just great. That's so great for our country. Um, but we just have to know how to talk to one another because this violence and all this, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I think it might be a good thing too to listen to you and I talk too because we have opinions. But uh, even just from talking to you at this point, we both don't know everything. Like no. it's it's so insanely complicated that. If you have a 100% f- fuel-filled opinion, you're probably not right. Yeah, and you're you know. probably spending all your time trying to do something about it. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, you know, there's going to be compromise. That's how we proceed forward. It's not in big leaps and bounds, maybe that our president would like it to be. Right. Which, but, but it's good. It's good that it's not. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I do too. Um, all right. Well, that was that was left foot, right foot. Yep, I think we're still friends. We're still friends. <laughs> yeah, it's no, fun. No, thank, it's fun thanks for listening, you guys. If yeah. anybody listened, I had fun. Yeah, uh, you can follow us, or you can yeah tweet. Just tweet us at uh, LFRF podcast, and yep. yeah, let us know what you think. I'd really like to hear somebody else's opinion. Um, I'm sure that we put out some at least four. I'll just go ahead and put out a random number there. Um, four. False facts. Um, <laughs> just you can correct us. Maybe we'll make a segment in our next podcast um, correcting ourselves. Um, but it'd be great to hear from you guys. I do appreciate you listening, getting through all this, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you, you learned something or at least enjoyed um, our, our witty banter. Our witty, our witty, witty banter. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Thanks, guys. All right, see, bye. See you next time.